welcome to Method in the Madness. I'm sticking to it. The Nicolas Cage podcast, where we are uh, taking a deep dive into the uh, wonderful career of uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, full-time uh, character actor and insane person. Um, uh, uh, I am Tobias. You might have heard from about me uh, from the Adam Sandler podcast. And with me is my co-host from the Adam Sandler podcast, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello. And today we are talking about Birdie from uh, 1984, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, a lot of movies. What is this? this is the fourth movie we're making, and it's all in the span of, what, two years? Uh, yeah, so he made two movies, Valley Girl and Rumble Fish in 83, and Racing with the Moon, and this one, Birdie in 84. Yeah. And it seems like he more or less makes two, two movies a year for a while. That's that's uh, and yeah, I I make sense since his his roles so far he's only been the leading role in one of them. I mean this yeah. I guess is kind of a leading role too, but yeah. not really. Well, and yes, let's talk about Bernie uh, quickly. Um, it's kind of similar. Uh, the 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 premise for the movie is kind of similar to uh, last last week's episode, racing racing with the moon. Yeah, I would say uh, this movie was. Well, at heart, at least. Well, not at heart, but superficially, if you put it like that. Yeah. Exactly the movie I hoped the last movie wouldn't be. Ah, okay, okay. I, I talked about that last episode, that uh, I thought Racing with the Moon would be this, the, the old, boring uh, topic of we have come back from war and uh, how are we reintegrating into today's society after the things we've seen. Yeah, uh, and I was very happy. Racing with the Moon wasn't that. So yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah, because racing racing with the Moon, as you all remember, was about two friends, one very extroverted, kind of braggadocious guy, Nicolas Cage, and one more contemplative, introverted guy, uh, Sean Penn, and their their um, lives as they await going over the uh, going over the Atlantic to join the war in World War Two, and um, uh, Bernie is. Two friends. One is kind of an extroverted, kind of braggadocious guy, Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. and then we have the more like you know introverted guy, Matthew Modine this time, um, having come back from the war. This time the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and uh, struggling with what happened during the war. That's basically the plot. But most of it, I would say, are flashbacks to to yeah. the, their time before the war, like a like a. I don't know, a year or two, maybe three before the before the war, or at least yeah. There's there's sort of joined. like there's sort of like two storylines where we see after the war and then the flashbacks with the story of how they grew up and and before the war. So it's yeah. sort of both. Um, yeah. But it's told from the perspective of after the war. Yeah. So it's it's uh, Nicholas Cage reminiscing. Yeah. Um, because he he's come back from the war with some um, he. Uh, what's it called? He he got out because of uh, an, an injury to his face. No. See, the movie starts with him wearing like looks like like some sort of like B movie face bandage. <laughs> he looks he looks very funny in this movie. I gotta yeah. say. <laughs> so, um, uh, had you seen or heard of this movie before? I'd heard of it before because I mm-hmm. bought it on Blu-ray a while back. Uh, I'm not sure why. Not for this. No, no, not from for this. For one, from what I can remember, I just bought it because I bought some Nicolas Cage movies a while back. Oh. Um, so I'd heard about it, but I never watched it um, until now. So I, I had no idea. I had I didn't even watch a trailer before I started watching the movie since <laughs> I already had it. Um, so I had I had no idea what I was uh, what I was what what there was to be expected from it. So you were um, completely blind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I had some um, semblance of the style because I had seen other Alan Parker movies or at least mm. at least one other Alan Parker movie. Um, and but other than that, no, I had no idea about it. Yeah, I, I went into this movie as well as the last movie too, uh, completely blind. I knew the title. Yeah. I didn't even read what it was about. Oh, okay. Uh, until, well, no, just before I watched the movie, I read just just about after the war, 
someone is in a mental hospital and his friend is coming to help him out. That was about yeah. what I read. Uh, yeah. And, and that's more or less what it's about. Uh, it's this two childhood friends who go off to war uh, separately. They don't go off together as in the last movie. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, and then when uh, Nicolas Cage character Al Columbato yeah. uh, returned, he was in, in sick, sick, a sick ward or uh, hospital. And yeah. then he hear, hears that his childhood friend Birdie is in a mental hospital, and they sending for him to see if he can help him in some way. Yeah. And then when Nicholas Cage or Al uh, comes, uh, he finds that Birdie, as his friends is called, is sort of in a uh, vegetable state, catatonic state. Yeah, catatonic of. state. Yeah. Yeah. He's for what they would have called shell shock back then. I would say PTSD. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the movie is sort of Al trying to get Birdie out of this uh, while telling stories about their childhood, and we see those stories. Yeah. Um, w- w- one thing that annoyed me uh, and kind of made it, I-, I just made it hard for me to like get into the movie because it was just like a detail. Was th- if-, if you read the IMDb um, synopsis or whatever, it says that Birdie starts obsessing with birds after he comes back from the war. So I was expecting him to, like, become a weirdo, you know, after he comes back. But he he was obsessed with birds, like, from the beginning of the movie. So I was like, ah, I was thrown off, (laughs) which I I guess kind of um, affected my my impression of the movie initially. But, you know, I got over it. It was just like, (laughs) why why does he care about birds now? Oh, okay. Yeah, so just... Right off the bat, this is, and I don't think that's me like interpreting weird or putting, making a joke. Uh-huh. But this movie, it it is more or less like a furry coming out. <laughs> I guess sort of. I mean, it is because he's obsessed with birds, and he starts the, the more they progress in both the movie and uh, their relationship before the war. Birdie keeps talking about wanting to fly and wanting to be a bird, and at the end he says that he he would ra- he would rather die uh, yeah. to become a bird. That he's his highest wish is to die and just be reborn as a bird. That he doesn't care about anything except that. Yeah, and I mean that. I mean, uh, basically. Uh, but then I I, I um like I, I gotta say then then you have to like um decide how much you actually. Cause, cause I, I don't, I don't kink shame, but I, I hate furries. So, cause I, I, I like two very strong statements after each other. <laughs> I know, but I just, I, I don't know. It feels like uh, for furries, it's, it's more of a, yeah, more of a kink than an actual. I mean, not for everyone, but for the most, most of them. Yeah, I'm talking about the one that's not, not the kink part. I'm talking about the ones that. Uh, like for real, trying to live that life and trying to be as close as an animal as possible. And these Almost people, like a, these like people another talk. Kid. Yeah, exactly. These people who talk about that. Uh, the, the old, the old meme. I don't even know where it's from, but uh, uh-huh. that's in every way except the physical. I am a wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. People <laughs> who talk in that way. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, that kind of furry, not the go to convent and fuck around that's that's not that kind of fur yeah yeah so it's so if, if 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 birdie took place today he would he would have in his twitter bio like birdkin oh and like 100%, he would, he would... 100% but then then i'm wondering would he be would he be as preachy as furries are today i'm i'm hoping he wouldn't be because that's the worst part about furries that they have to well, tell I mean, everybody that they're that, fucking furry i got to say just in in a slight tangent about furries here well, well i brought it up so uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh i mean that's that's it, it, like in every culture that's all uh, or subculture that's the only the loud ones is the ones you hear yeah there yes. are the furries that aren't preachy and just try to to live their own life and just be what they want to be and be happy about it and doesn't really care about anyone else the preachy yeah. ones that's the one with the kinks and the the weird politics stuff and all that. I'm talking about the 
true is wrong word, but the the, the harmless ones. And I yeah, think Bird yeah, is, I, I is more mean. in that yeah. one. Sure, um, yeah. Like that could probably be it. Um yeah. and I mean the book was written in what the seventies? F- and I'm I don't think furries was a thing yet. I think that was like the late seventies, maybe even well, early eighties. I so. mean, sort of. We have always had sort of furries, uh, like if we oh, talk yeah, about sure. like werewolves and and the myth of the werewolf and where they come from and and things like that. And uh, so I, I I just think that it's not until now that we have actually have a name for it and and that society at least in large tried to accept them and and not just put them into a mental ward as in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think sort of that that's sort of the story in a way um because yeah and then he has this friend al who is like most people around him but he's the most the more accepting one but most people just want him to be normal quote unquote and just yeah just be the girl and as his father say can just can just be good at something that's practical not birds what are you gonna do with that (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, and yeah, Al is is accepting of Bird Birdie, but until it gets to a point where like, yeah, you don't even care about me anymore. You only care about your fucking birds. Yeah, but and the more the movie progresses, he becomes more and more obsessed about the birds. Yeah, um, to the point where he like shuns a, a human contact yeah. and just he sleeps in his bird cage with his yeah. birds instead. So I and especially since this takes place in the sixties. I can see why that's a problem for Al, because like his best friend just wants to be a bird. Yeah, that, I that's mean, gotta be weird, you know. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, and and also Al doesn't seem to be the more the most as uh, most of uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, roles this far, at least. Yeah. Uh, not that I wouldn't say that he's dumb, but he's. Very, he's, rea- he's very, very. Impulsive. He's the jock type, yeah. Yeah, impulsive jock type, not really thinking about stuff, just doing and saying things. Yeah. Um, there's this scene, uh, sort of in the middle of the movie, when they, because uh, they they buy a car and fix it up, and then they go uh, out to the like a pier. Yeah, where there's and, a uh, tiv- uh, carnival or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and and Nicholas Cage says, well, Al says, we need to get some girls. Birdie's obviously not interested in this. And then no. Al just goes and gets two girls, more or less for himself, and Birdie's <laughs> walking like a few feet behind them. He's like, can we do something for me? And nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. So he's not that considerate of a person. He's kind of one-track mind. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I th- I think I mean it's 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 kind of like the beginning of of um, uh, racing with the moon that they they're kind of on a forced double date. It feels mm-hmm. like because the girl that Nicolas Cage wants to sleep with, she oh I gotta bring my friend along, which is mm. kind of, it's like in um, Valley Girl as well. I I think I think it's that kind of situation, but um, kind of like in um, racing with the moon. Birdie is not interested at all in yeah. in in this woman. Yeah, or, I mean, or in this situation. When, in, yeah, yeah, the situation. Lunch. I mean, he he enjoys they're on a roller coaster ride. He seems to enjoy that, but other than that, mm. no, he doesn't care really. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, in that case, if Al was like a good friend and actually have had some insight, he would maybe take Birdie aside and talk with him and say, "Hey, how are you doing? Aren't you yeah. having fun?" Uh Let's do this, and then we can do what you want to do, or something like that. But he, he just does his own thing, and then gets mad at Birdie because Birdie doesn't hook up with the other girl, sort of. Yeah, he doesn't act normal. Yeah. So, so he's not that he's not that emotionally intelligent person. That's no, all I'm no. saying with Al. <laughs> um, but he's a good heart, and I think both of them have a good heart. Yes, yes, and that, that's also important to point out that that he he's the only one who really hangs out with Birdie. That that. Took the time to become friends with Birdie. Everyone else just, you know, calls him the weird kid or whatever. So there's, he, there's obviously something there. He just doesn't. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, like you said, the most emotionally intelligent person. Uh, yeah. So, so um, that's sort of the movie. Um. Yeah, it's just, them. It's them growing up and and Birdie, uh, like more and more becoming obsessed with with birds. 
Um, which, 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 once again, if there was, I, 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 from from IMDb, I thought there was going to be correlation between his time in Vietnam and him wanting to become a bird. But since that was there from the beginning, I, I had a hard time like figuring out why is Birdie so obsessed? What is the point of him being obsessed with birds? In in um in the context of the story, and it's not 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 really, um, at least not on a surface level. I mean, if you if you if you dig a little, um, there is there is a reason for it because and also because I like I said I I, uh, I mentioned before we started talking about this. Uh, or started recording uh, that I, I watched some interviews with Matthew Modine, and there, there's there's a reason for him being you know kind of different, but on a on a surface level, the the movie could have just been about the Al character coming to yeah, terms with what happened in the war. I gotta say though, because uh, I, as I said last week, uh-huh. uh, this is not a story that I really care about, and I I'm quite sick of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the birdie thing <laughs> with the birds and all that yeah. it gave an extra layer to the movie, which made it interesting. If if it was only about Nicolas Cage and Birdie wasn't the main character, we didn't see this insight in his character. Mm-hmm. I would be bored to death of this. Yeah, because then it would have been a. Uh, um... A super stock Vietnam War movie, like War's Bad, man. Exactly, and but this at least we had, had something like else. a billion of those. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree with that, and um, like if you take into consideration like uh, the fact that Birdie is kind of he's he's introverted, but he also also kind of not not. Emotionally frail seems uh, like an overstatement, or uh, yeah, overstatement. Yeah, he's um, but very, he's, he's, he's very confrontational at some points, and he's very yeah, aggressive. Yeah, when, it, when and, it matters, yeah. Yeah, he's he has hard principles and stand by them. Yeah. So he's not this really frail person. It's more like he doesn't care more than he's shy or introverted. More that he doesn't care about the world. In yeah. Um, but there is, and and uh, and this is this is partly because because of of the behind the scenes stuff I watched. Um, that there is there is the uh, since 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 Birdie was already like uh, bef- before the war he was already like not that interested. Like he he thought the the real world most most people dislike him. His mom is mean to him, and all he, and that's part of why he is like. Found um, this thing then that that he likes instead, which is birds, um, which is it's kind of like a um, an, an escapist fantasy almost as as well that you, if you're if you're a bird you can just fly away, um, and it's it's him going to war and and seeing the world for what it really is outside of his little bubble that that uh, that that's why he comes back and he's he's all you know he's, he is catatonic. Because, because the, the the real world just, uh, or not the real the war the real world just, he lives in the real world but I mean the war, um, basically uh, I don't know ruined him or what do you want to say not ruined him but it was it, too it, much for the it was too much psyche. for him yeah exactly and so that that's that's part of 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 why um, uh, you needed a character like Birdie. Otherwise, you would just have yeah the Al character. While while he definitely shows signs of of uh, PTSD as well, um, it's 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 different. It, it hits different with Birdie as the main character. Yeah, and I, I think that is because we the the problems that Al has, we have seen that so many times. We know yeah. about those things with uh, the nightmares and the sudden bursts of anger uh, and sudden bursts of despair. We got these things. We we know these things at this point. Well, at least you and I do. Yeah. Uh, maybe not every viewer, but if you've seen a few war movies, you know about these things. Yes. While Birdie's condition or the 
shell shock condition and these things. We haven't really seen that in that way anymore. Uh, well, I haven't at least. No, not not in a character like Birdie. Mm. Um, and then also, uh, I, 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 my my interpretation was they don't they don't discuss it, but that's probably because it's the sixties. It takes place in the sixties. Um, I I interpreted that he's he's somewhere on the autism spectrum, but like kind of mildly because he's still like, you know, uh, he's he's not like autistic. He's more like a, he's more like Asperger's, which I guess it's the same thing nowadays, but mm-hmm. something like that. Just just signs of it. Like he 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 rarely has eye contact with people, especially when he doesn't you know when he doesn't know the person. Like the scene in. Um, uh, uh, the high school prom when he's dancing with with his date, he never like looks her in the eyes, um, and the, the the fact that he kind of um, yeah is is introverted and shuts down. Um, I, I I wondered if it was if it was if it was supposed to be him being autistic or having Aspergers, but they they never bring that up. Um, but it definitely felt like it. Yeah, definitely. There is some somewhere on the spectrum. He's definitely somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, only, the only p- times where uh, I doubted that uh, was the parts when he blew up. Like the best example is when he he more more or less yells and <laughs> yells at Al's father. Yeah. Rates him for selling their car. Yeah. Which is a very it feels very out of left field. Um, yeah, because we hadn't really seen him being that um, idealistic before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. But it was also like it, it, it kind of fits in with with someone who's who's uh, on the spectrum, because like, well, now it's not supposed to be this way. You're not supposed to sell. It's my car. You can't sell my car. So, I, and then, uh, so yeah, it may, maybe it doesn't fit in perfectly. Um, because, because of when the book was written and when the movie was made, you know, we didn't, we didn't know as much as we do now about, uh, autism and Asperger's. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably, uh, this is, uh, completely just guesswork from my side. Uh, but it definitely feels like the writer of the book had a, knew a person who probably had one of those diagnoses and probably took some inspiration from yeah. that without actually knowing the what kind of diagnosis or or things it was and didn't exactly look into it. more or less I've seen people that act in this way and I was gonna use that yeah exactly uh, but yeah it's uh, it's a pretty good movie I'd say um, yeah I I I liked it yeah. uh, I I'm not mm-hmm. sure I gave it um well we we shouldn't discuss uh, 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 what, what, uh, what, uh, what we're gonna grade the movie yet? But I, I just on IMDb, uh, I, I usually grade movies. I don't use Letterbox. I use IMDb, and I graded this the same um, as I did Raising with the Moon. Even though I think this is better, but it's it's I, it would it would need like a hundred point scale to 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 differentiate because I gave them both a seven. Spoilers. I'm not gonna say what I I. No, no, I we'll save that. But I, I still think this is—I think this is better than uh, *Racing with the Moon*. But it's—it's it's just slightly better. I think the performances are better, especially Matthew Modine. Um, and I—I—I uh, I, I liked uh, this is definitely—you can definitely tell that this is based on a book, based on some of the other characters and some of the dialogue. And I—I—I I, I liked that the kind of dialogue that was in the movie. Um, and uh, uh, the doctor character and his uh, his assistant to keep spitting on the papers. Uh, oh, there's little details like that that that, that... got to talk about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess we know now. We'll go in, in super spoiler area. I guess. Oh, I, don't know. Uh, I guess uh, uh, we've spoiled a lot so far, but <laughs> I'm gonna go in specifics now. So yeah. Um, but the doctor character. Yes. Worst part of the movie. Ruined the entire movie for me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, it, he was not, a little it, all not over that, the place, but I, yeah, it's not that the, bad. It's not, it's not that, I, that I took away any points in the scoring, but every time the doctor came on, I just, I got 
lost immersion completely, and I was just, what's wrong with this guy? Give me an explanation what's wrong with this guy. Is the actor bad? Is the direction bad? Is the <sighs> writing bad? What is, it's just bad. He's just, doesn't make sense. He starts screaming sometimes. He's, like, evilly smiling like a supervillain sometimes. He asks these weird questions for no real reason. And yeah. when someone asks him, why are you doing this? He said, well, I just like to know things. But why? What's the, what's your issue? Um, I, And he I starts th- the movie with, like, ah, oh, this is my idea. I, I'm going to help this guy. You, yeah. Al, come here. I invited you here. I'm going to give you a house. I'm going to give you a room. We're going to fix this guy. Goes two days. You have to get out of here, Al. You're just a problem. You're just ruining everything. Why are you even here? I don't understand anything. What's... What? What happened between these two scenes? I, I, I think this is just you know, uh, me, me spitballing. But um, since it takes place for the most part in, a, or at least the the now scenes, so to speak, the mm-hmm. uh, takes takes place in a mental hospital. Um, I'm guessing that guy, because he's also an old, not a not a Vietnam War veteran, probably, probably like a World War II veteran, because he has. He he mentions his ranks a couple of times because he he outranks. Um, yeah, he is uh, Nicholas Cage. They don't yeah. say which war, but I'm guessing World War Two. Um, yeah. and I'm I'm guessing he might be a little crazy himself, partly because of the war, um, being shell shocked as they called it, or and also having to work with with the quote unquote crazy people for that long. Um, yeah, that, but again fucking explain that because i was thinking uh, seriously thinking for uh like the first fourth of the movie uh that is are they going to reveal that it's just a mental patient who put on a doctor's <laughs> coat and they were just ah we're just gonna we're letting him uh, play around he's calmer that way <laughs> or could we get like some kind of a, a, a line or an explanation from a nurse that yeah he, he never really been the same after the war uh, but but he's the only one he, we got in these times. So just anything. Why mm. is he the lead doctor of a mental ward when he should be locked up? <laughs> and and he's not he's not a weird doctor like Robin Williams is in in um uh what's that Patch movie? Adams? Yeah, Patch Adams. Not no. not unconventional. No, he's just antagonistic yeah. towards everyone for some weird reason. Yeah, I I found it very strange too. Uh, it was I one scene. It. I I I thought I had. I thought when I watched it, I thought I'd fallen asleep and missed something. Cause yeah, out of nowhere he starts screaming like, "Oh, we've been going at this for days. This is useless. <laughs> what happened? What did I miss?" But no, that was this I, was your I, idea. <laughs> I rewinded it. It was no. It was just that <laughs> he just started screaming all of a sudden. Um, but once again, uh, it's based on a book. Characters in books tend to have more quirks that might not be explained as well because uh, or explained over a longer time since a book is usually much longer than a movie. So maybe something got lost in the translation there. Um, I don't know. I uh, For me, it was just, yeah, we all go a little crazy sometimes. You know? <laughs> since he works in a mental hospital, you know, he lost it a little bit. Yeah. And, then, and then it kind of... For me, at least, kind of confirmed it when his when his secretary was crazy as well, because mm. um, he he keeps spitting because he has this bad taste in his mouth, uh, obviously psychosomatic from the war. He can't get the taste out of his mouth, um, and then you have uh, well, that's really only the only crazy ones, uh, except for uh, uh, Birdie that we see at least. But it's it's all it's all broken people because you see the guy without legs playing basketball and. One who's cl- climbing up some ropes. Um, it's it's just it's supposed to be like a, a house full of broken people. Even even the nurse, even though she doesn't have a lot to do in the movie, um, it's it's all it's obviously kind of uh, I don't know broken in a way. Uh, from yeah, there's something about her, certain they... actions. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, I I just think the doctor character should have been either <laughs> he stuck out, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either they should have rewritten him completely, or they should have uh, split him up into two characters: one which yeah. is the doctor, and one is like the the head of the hospital or something. Yeah. Uh, so they could have 
because clearly they wanted or needed an ant antagonist in the today's today's story yeah or the, the current story they needed someone who who would push al to to do these things and not take his time and be more desperate yeah. and, to and, give and to the, give up on birdie yeah and get the, the clock ticking and feeling the pressure we yeah. obviously that's the main point of the doctor but either have him like that through the entire movie or have another person who is that because uh, it doesn't make sense to call in a guy more or less as a favor and then start screaming at him that he's <laughs> that he isn't there's no point for him to be there and that he's just wasting time is uh. well, I did this sort of because you asked me if you didn't ask me I wouldn't be here you did this yeah um so yeah I I, I really hate hated doctor but except that <laughs> I thought everyone made a really good job as act the acting was phenomenal, I'd say, from everyone. Yeah. Um, um, even the few few times kids were in the movie, I, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, and yeah. just po pointing out some uh, some of the minor characters then, because just like in Racing with the Moon, we had another <laughs> uh, Seinfeld uh, actor in this one, uh, Sandy Barron, who played uh, Nicolas Cage's father, Mr. Colombato. Um, he plays one of the best, like, I don't know, cameo characters in Seinfeld history. He plays in a guy called Jack Klompus, um, who is, yeah, I don't know, you, ha you haven't seen Seinfeld, right? Yeah, I've seen Seinfeld. I've seen every yeah, but episode. Do you, oh, you, oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a few years ago, but I have seen him. Um, yeah, and I know, I know him. Uh, oh, you know I, him, yeah. yeah. The guy with the astronaut pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, ooh, that's the guy! <laughs> I didn't recognize him until you just, you just said it. No, uh, he's, he looks a lot, lot younger in this one. Yeah, because I, I had to look 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 up his picture and I'm like, oh, right! <laughs> uh, but I didn't notice that through the movie. I didn't. Yeah, uh, he's the sworn enemy of, of uh, Seinfeld's father. Yeah. No, isn't it George's father? No, no, because he, he lives down in Florida. He's a neighbor oh, right, of, right, uh, right, right. of uh, Seinfeld's dad, whatever his name is. I don't remember. Yeah. So that uh, was that was that was fun <laughs> to see him play like. Uh... Oh, that's another that's another uh, comparison to Racing with the Moon, uh, or uh, sort of because Bert Bertie's Bertie's dad. Once again, you have a very nice father figure, mm. at least for one of the characters. Yeah, it was very good. It was. Very good father. I would say he's uh, the one racing in the moon is a, is a better father figure, but this one yeah. is, is pretty close. Yeah, very very close, which was kind of funny. There was a lot of lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh, similarities, and this is yeah. this is since this takes place after the war, and the book actually takes place during World War Two. This is kind of like a sequel to Racing with the Moon. <laughs> like it could yeah, it could have been Sean Penn going crazy and ending up in a. Hospital. If only they made the because the the, move, the the book was uh, set in uh, World War Two. Yes. And this yes. Uh, the movies of Vietnam, so it would have been closer if it was World War. Yeah, II. but it, that that was uh, the and they even mentioned that in the in, in the uh, uh, the trivia for the movie that that yeah that that's the um. Like th there's more mentions of racing with the moon in the trivia for Birdie than there is about racing with the moon anywhere no. else, yeah. which is kind of interesting uh, because they are they are very alike in that way. Um, and there there was a lot a, a few other people that I recognized at least. Um, yeah, I recognized some of them. So uh, the, the the spitting assistant. Yeah, uh, he's uh, been in a few war movies, I think. War yeah, settings. I I I've seen him in movies, but I recognize him. Because he plays, uh, like a, like an antagonist or whatever in uh in one episode in the X Files, he plays this really hard boiled uh, commander. Yeah, that's more or less what what I see him as as a hard boiled commando type guy. Yeah. So yeah, and then there's this. I had to look up his name. I didn't know it. Uh, Bruno Kirby, the the yeah. other Italian. I recognized him from something. He's in the. Godfather? Uh, he's, he's in a lot of ma Mafia movies. Uh, not sure if he's in Godfather. He's in uh, Donnie Brasco, at least. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. he's in Godfather Part 2. 
Oh, he okay, okay, yeah. yeah but yeah. I probably remembered him from uh, Don Nebraska. But okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's so he's been a, in a few um, mafia movies. Uh, see what was more sleepers, isn't that? Yeah, it was his. Yeah, it was his sleepers. Yeah, I I so. randomly watched sleepers like last year for no reason really. Mm. <laughs> it's an okay movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but he he's been in in few things and i think that was the ones i recognized i kind of recognized um the nurse rourke but looking at her now i'm not sure from what oh no wait yeah oh well she's in daylight the sylvester stallone uh (laughs) Uh, okay trapped in a tunnel movie (laughs) yeah oh yes she's the wife of of the the yeah, the, the 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 family that's going through a divorce. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she is. Yeah. I, I I do not remember the Daylight movie. Oh, I love Daylight. I, ha- I, mean, I, I have a. <laughs> I have seen it like a few times because oh. I know I I loved it as a teenager, but I haven't seen it since since then. Um, I've uh, I've seen it a, a well not a hundred times, but you know I've seen it millions of times. <laughs> Um, I I have this I have a guilty pleasure which is yeah you know uh, disaster movies I, I mm. daylight is up there for me <laughs> yeah yeah but um, that, then um, I don't think I recognized anyone not not specifically like ooh that person that person yeah uh, but about same amount of people as in uh, Racing with the Moon yeah uh, and Matthew Modine I, I I don't think I've I've seen him in anything this young before no um it's a name i've heard a lot but i probably probably didn't see him in anything until oh, the dark oh, knight right. rises wait i'm an idiot oh he's he's obviously he's joker in full metal jacket well yeah oh, sure yeah that's yeah. true but uh, i i but after that, <laughs> uh, yeah, ex- except for that, yeah, I, I, and I, Full Metal Jacket. I, I saw that when I was a kid, and then I didn't mm-hmm. watch it until I was like in my mid twenties. So, <laughs> but he's very current now, or with he was uh, a few years ago, because he was one of the antagonists in uh, Stranger things. things. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. He's in the first season. I, I didn't watch any other. Is he? Uh, uh, he's. Do, do? Uh, He's he's not in the second season, uh, but he has acting credits. His oh okay yeah so uh, it's more like flashbacks and things like that. Well, we're not gonna spoil. <laughs> we're not gonna spoil Stranger Things. Stranger things I mean, I, I don't care, but maybe someone who listens to this don't want it spoiled. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he was he did a very good job, very impressive. Oh yes, very yeah. very good, and it, especially when it's a character that a lot of t- a lot of times is just you know. Quiet. Still, not not yeah. saying anything, not moving, or even making faces or whatever. Mm. He, yeah, he, I think he sold it very well. Uh, and extremely likable, uh, as in the flashbacks. Oh yes, uh, I think uh, Nicolas Cage also did a a very good job in this movie. Yes, um, especially um, his uh, tearful speech at the end. Yeah, it was it was almost like in a good way, almost on the on the uh, border of. Being like, uh, like ridiculous, like mm. or like over overacting, but he kept it right in the perfect spot where it felt real. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a very extreme emotions, and in that point, it's very hard not to overact. So it, it shows that he even here he has good acting chops. Yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, judging if, if we're going like like we're rediscovering Nicolas Cage, this is his best work so far. I would say. Oh yeah, def- yeah, I'd say it so. I was a little um, skeptical at the beginning part of the movie, because um, he, cause he, it felt like he more or less only was played the same part he done in the other movies we've yeah. seen so far. This the best friend, very extrovert, very impulsive guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it shaped up somewhere in the in the middle. And it's also, it was also interesting to see the the, uh, the difference in the character uh, pre-war and post-war. Yeah, uh, he's a, almost a completely different character. Um, and and it, even though it looked kind of ridiculous, it it helped to have him like bandaged up. 
uh, to see that it's not just emotional scars, it's physical scars as well. Yeah. Um, but he had, he had, uh, it was, it threw me off sometimes because he had, that's just, I guess that's just how he looks, especially now I mentioned that he looks almost like he's like sleepy or aloof before in movie, mm-hmm. in especially like Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has that here as well, uh, where he's just like open mouth and just staring into nothing. But with the bandage and two of his teeth missing, missing, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to the teeth. We have to talk <laughs> about the teeth. I'm sorry. It just—he looked ridiculous. It was like, oh no, he can't look like that. But then it kind of became part of his character. So it was good. It was really, really good. Yeah, and I'd say that's uh, again because he did such a good job as actor that he made yes. a sort of a ridiculous way of looking into to a, a, a sad character that. You very fast forgot that he it actually looked kind of silly. Yeah, exactly. He sold it, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, you mentioned that. Uh, so last uh, last episode we said uh, no more talking about Nicolas Cage's teeth. Yeah, because uh, the the chronology doesn't seem to fit. Yeah. Uh, but um, you want to talk about his teeth? <laughs> yeah, because the first thing. The first thing you see in the movie, since they're covering up his face, is his teeth, which are crooked, so they can't be his fake teeth. Mm-hmm. The first trivia thing on IMDb is, oh, he pulled out two teeth for this role without anesthetics. Oh, fucking goddammit. And then watching that uh, doc- uh, uh, interview with Matthew Modine, he takes like a, uh, uh, he digresses for like two minutes to only talk about Nicolas Cage's teeth so could I was you like just... damn you God <laughs> why are you mocking me so I uh, yeah I noticed the teeth straight away as you said it's yeah. sort of framed in a way that you can't miss it yeah um, and I was thinking oh we're gonna have to talk about teeth in this one too <laughs> uh, I, I so... told myself before I started a movie oh no exactly when I saw the teeth I was just like <laughs> I, I see them. I will not acknowledge them. We're not going to talk about teeth. But then everything is just teeth, teeth, teeth. So but uh, we're again, talking I didn't, about it. I didn't see this behind the scenes thing you're talking about. So oh, yeah. what what are they talking about with the teeth more than he? Why did he pull the teeth out? It's I don't understand. Well, um, I'm thinking once again. I th- I think the timeline is off because he pulled. He had to pull out his, those teeth, um, like. It was a medical situation because he had uh, baby teeth still that he never lost when he was like, you know, you lose all your baby teeth. He still had baby teeth left in his mouth and his uh, regular adult teeth were growing out behind them. So then, you know, you have to pull your baby teeth. It's just a thing, you know, that you have to do. And he thought, well, since I'm making this movie, I'll just pull them out and it'll look like I've been, you know, I lost some teeth in the explosion or whatever. Because, you know, his face gets fucked up from an explosion. Spoiler. Um, so, and, and Matthew Modine added that, like, oh, it, it, it added so much to, like, his character that he, it was, it was part of his, like, physical malformation. Um, but he... But if th- then he couldn't have had his teeth fixed before, because <laughs> then you they would have pulled out his baby teeth back then when they gave him, you know, the new shiny chompers that he's supposed to have had for two years now. I, I think we just <laughs> we just need to strike that trivia for Valley Girl. Say, yeah, it, it can't be right. It's it's not correct. It can't be correct because then he wouldn't if- be pulling baby teeth in '84. <laughs> if you yeah. if you if you've got your teeth fixed in '82, anyway, uh, that, that's also, it. That's it when, for the teeth. <laughs> when you just Google Nicolas Cage teeth, the only thing that really comes up is this birdie fact. Oh, okay. Uh, so that that he that he pulled those these teeth out for this movie, and then uh, what I can see, they don't go into this what you said about the baby teeth thing. Uh. They said that he did it for this movie. And then after this movie, he fixed his... He got in veneers and stuff. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, but that's... that's the, that, This is just like the first result on Google, so don't quote me on this. But that's, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but this Valley Girl trivia that you yeah. dreamt up, I don't think... Um... What, I didn't dream it up, it's there! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it's... 
is correct. <laughs> no, it, it can't be correct. It Unless he fixed his teeth like four separate times through his career. I don't know. I, I guess, but I mean... <laughs> then he shouldn't have said that, oh, this is the last movie made with his real teeth. No. He's, maybe, uh, he's... maybe in Valley Girl, after Valley Girl, he changed out one teeth and it's not <laughs> a complete set of his real teeth anymore. I don't know. It's... I don't know. Anyway... Yeah, L- let's see if we can rest. Put it to rest, Nicolas yes. Cage's teeth. Uh, I'm done talking about his teeth. Well, you said that I last was, week. Yeah, I know. I was done talking about his teeth, but then everything was just <laughs> pointing towards his teeth. Trivia, <laughs> interviews, the movie. So we just had to mention it, but that's it. I, 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 unless he makes a movie where he's a dentist, I'm not going to talk about his teeth anymore. I'm over it. So, um. I think that was the the main things. Oh no! Uh, right, the ending is interesting. Yeah, the ending I'd is say. a little. It's abrupt. a little off. It's a little weird. A little off. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, very spoiler. Spoiler of the ending this time. Um. Yeah. So at the end, uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh. Well, well no, Al. I, I keep Al. saying Nicolas Cage, but yeah, Al. Yeah. Uh. He he's. Um. The doctor says you're. Time's up. You need to get out of here because I'm a weird character and I hate you now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nicholas K. No, Al says, uh, "Okay, just give me a few minutes to just say goodbye one last time to him. Yeah, uh, alone." And so, so they let him, and then he sort of breaks down uh, in a way and starts talking about for the first time. Instead of talking about their memories together, he starts talking about. What he's been through in in the war, what yeah. happened to him, and he he sort of opens up for the first time um, to Birdie that that he has this problem and that, that he needs Birdie that yeah uh, to, to go through this, and that in a way snaps Birdie out of his catatonic state and yeah uh, that's and, that's when we we also I think because he starts talking about they've always talked about before the war but he starts talking mm-hmm. about the war. So we get to see what happened to Birdie. Because mm-hmm. before that, we only knew that he went missing in action for a month. Mm. Um, but then we find out why that was. So I think maybe because he has to confront what actually happened when when Al starts talking about what happened to him. I, yeah. I think that's maybe what snaps him out. Or at least, like, yeah, snaps him out of the shock, basically. Yeah, or or, or maybe just... we don't They don't explain why, but it's kind of open, and, and I think it should be. But it could also be just that Birdie, for once, feels that he's not alone in the human world. Yeah. That other people has the same pain or, or problems that he has. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so Birdie snaps out of it, and then Doctor comes in and says, "You need to fuck off." Uh, yeah. And Al says, "No, but he talked. He just t- spoke." And the Doctor says, "I don't believe you. Get away from here." Yeah, and the, Al... the second the Doctor leaves, he starts yeah. talking again. It's just like, yeah. Oh. And then Al sort of. Uh, says that uh, he changes. He goes from before Birdie talks. He says, "I'm just gonna stay here with you forever." Yeah. But now, when Birdie is apparently back in the world of living, he yeah. decides they need to break out and get out somewhere, do things. Yeah, they need to get out <laughs> and live their lives. Yeah. I again, mean... the, the the impulsive nature of uh, an emotional nature of Al. Yeah. Just no, we need to I... do stuff. I I I I get it, but yeah, it is a little. It goes it goes from zero to a hundred very fast. Yeah. yeah, and then the doctor comes in and uh, uh, Al sort of, well, not sort of. He attacks the doctor. Yeah, and he uh, fights and off the, some orderlies. Yeah, and the orderlies. Then they run away and have this escape scene, and they go go up to the roof, and Al barricades the door, and you see Bird Birdie go and stand on the ledge of the building with his arms high. And we all know it. He's gonna fly. <laughs> we yeah. all always wanted. And then he jumps. And then we have this emotional scene with Al when he goes up and looks down and see, yeah, Birdie's on a little lower roof. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like six feet. <laughs> yeah, and and looks back at Al and says, what? And then we get La Bamba by Richie. And then the movie ends. <laughs> and it's it's a very open-ended, weird kind of ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But it, it does very well symbolizes sort of their relationship and oh, yeah. their situation that 
Because it's not the first time that Birdie done something like this. No, yeah, like he, like like we said, he he doesn't he doesn't really know he doesn't do emotions very well. Um, so so him not seeing seeing uh uh what what the the problem with him jumping off a ledge when he's in an insane asylum. Yeah. I mean, that's like what what's the problem? I just wanted to jump down, you know. <laughs> and specifically since. The, their whole sort of life he always talked about I wanted to fly and now yeah. he's actually in a mental asylum and well, I mean there's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of context yes that he doesn't um, really get yeah and I, I think that's uh, again it symbolizes their relationship that uh, they don't get each other on an emotional plane all the time but they don't need to they're still best friends yeah yeah exactly uh, um, yeah, and I, and I think it, it. I don't think it could have ended in a better way, sort of. Uh, no, it could have been like a super sad ending that uh, he never got out of the the catatonic state, and mm. and Al stayed with him and became a patient as well. You know, that would have been. Or it uh, could have been a very unrealistic Hollywood ending where they just he's he's fixed. He's, and then, yeah, he's he's better now. We'll all leave. Woohoo! Yeah, and then they leave, and then they, we have a we have a flash and. Ten years later, when they're eating dinner with their wives, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birdie has he has opened a, an ape aviary where he breeds. Bird. I mean, it's it wouldn't yeah. have worked either. No, so no, no. It's it, a, it's a it's a healthy in between. Yeah, and they kind of like like yeah, it's kind of like where where are we gonna end this? Uh, right here. Oh, okay, and yeah, that works. Uh, and also, uh, <laughs> when when we watched it, uh, my girlfriend said. Um, so the whole movie was just a build-up to one joke. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. you could watch the movie <laughs> that way. Sure, yeah. And it was, yeah, and, and the joke is even a callback to an earlier uh, uh, yeah. scene in the movie where he also jumps off. Uh, well, he jumps off a, a trash heap. Yeah. So, so the entire movie sort of is a build-up to this one joke. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, sure. it's like like the director points do finger guns at us that their credits roll. Gotcha. He didn't uh, die. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good movie. And uh, yeah. so you you said you gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think with time because I I saw it this morning. Mm. Uh, just like with Rumblefish, this will probably end up being an eight, maybe even a nine, because of the speci- specifically because of the performances. But mm. at the moment, it's a seven. Um, and uh, but but I, I like I said, I did enjoy it more than Racing with the Moon. Uh, but you know, I, I gave that a seven as well because you know, like uh, this would probably be like a 7.7 7 or something but we're just doing 1 to 10 so so what you're saying is you're doing your fourth 7 of the four movies we watched <laughs> i i know i know um, okay so uh, fine uh yeah i'm know. i'm actually also going to go with a 7 okay with this one i gave a 7 to uh race with the moon and a 7 to birdie and i i'm going to go the opposite to you the more I'm gonna think about this, I'm probably gonna go down to a six. Okay. Because um, I, but I, well, no, I think the the movie's gonna stay at a seven. Uh, it's a weak seven, while Racing with the Moon is a strong seven, and it's mostly because of my own taste. Okay. Uh, Racing with the Moon is more in my taste than this one. I was, I had more fun, I was more enjoyed and more entertained in Racing with the Moon than this one. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it is uh, mostly because of the. Oh, it's hard after the war thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. bored of it. So yeah, uh, this was this was uh, this was uh, it's kind of. I, I wonder if since they came out in the same year, I wonder if this one kind of buried Racing with the Moon a little bit, because this was a lot more um, uh, successful. Yeah, and a lot easier to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I had like a collector's edition Blu-ray thing. Yeah. Um, and it was also it was it was I mean it, it showed in Cannes in '85, and it was up for the uh, what's it called the Palme d'Or the the big, the big prize. It's that but it, it like won the critics award instead, so it still won like a, a big thing, which is kind of yeah. weird because I've never heard about it before. Yeah, before I found the Blu-ray. Yeah, 
Yeah, I never, never ever heard of it either. Uh, like a lot of these movies, never heard of them before. Yeah. Here we go. Oh yeah, Alan Parker won the grand prize of the j- jury at Cannes Film mm. and was nominated for Palme d'Or, right? Alan Parker was wasn't he like sort of a, a critic's darling at this point? Alan Parker. S- sort of. Um he made what did he make before this? <laughs> Uh, he made well, that's in the seventies. He made Bugsy Malone. He made Midnight Express. Uh, yeah. Midnight Fame. Express is a good movie. Yeah, um, and then yeah. he made uh, Pink Floyd: The Wall, uh, and yeah. that was ju- that was just before uh, Birdie. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not a, not a favorite, but he he's definitely uh, definitely had a good reputation at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that it kind of continued after this. He didn't make a lot of movies. Um, he made more. I think he made more uh, music videos than movies. Yeah. Well, he did make the the uh, his be- the best movie in his career, uh, the Commitments. All oh, right, I I, haven't, I still haven't seen the Commitments. You haven't seen it? Nope. Really? Um, I no no. <laughs> what? That movie's amazing. I I I I I, I see I it know. like once a year. Everyone says it's amazing. And I just, I'm just annoyed because I don't, I don't like, I've only heard the music and I don't like the music. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's not a really a musical, but, no. uh, but it's kind of, and I don't like it. It's, 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 it's a musical if, uh, well, I don't remember how much you play. Spinal Tap. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah if, if that's a way. musical, Commitments is a musical. There's only music like when they're on stage and yeah. Yeah. It's not. Uh, but I... I I'd seen before this I'd seen Mississippi Burning once again when I was way too young, mm. um, and then I'd seen like a couple of years ago or something like that I saw Angel Heart which he made after Birdie, uh, that's oh. a pretty good pretty good movie, uh, I got the ending spoiled for me that kind of ruined the movie but, um, definitely check that one out. Yeah, I saw Midnight Express was. <sighs> A lot of years ago. Yeah, uh, I've seen the like, two, but yeah, I, I saw it. It was way like too, way too young. Late, late, late one night in like twenty years ago. Uh, yeah. No, but like fifteen years ago maybe. And I, I was just, wet. I, I couldn't sleep, so I went up from the bed and started putting on the uh, TV. And this was the movie that was on. Just started. Uh, I, I'll watch a few scenes of this. I don't know what it is. And I saw it all, uh, and I think I went to bed like five in the morning, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I probably saw it twenty years ago, because mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been ten, eleven, yeah, mm-hmm. and not not getting it at all, just being scared <laughs> of all the stuff happening to him. Yeah, so I haven't, I haven't watched it since, but probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I guess that's Birdie. That's Birdie. Yeah. So uh, next week we're gonna watch the the Boy in Blue. Yes, um, which I have I haven't even read up on, so I don't know what it's about. I haven't heard of it either, but I know no. it's another one of those hard to find movies. Right. Um, so um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, but we'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way, but but <laughs> I think it's gonna be hard. And and if someone's is if someone is watching with us, the next week is gonna be a hard a hard one to to get. Yeah. Unless you go buy the DVD and find it. Well, yeah, sure. If you but can it's find stream- it. It's not streaming yeah. anywhere. Yeah. But that's for next week. Um, yeah. And uh, as as you as you all know, uh, if if you're if you're if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, be sure to like and follow and give five stars or whatever you can do. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and uh, give us a. Give us a thumbs up. And leave some comments if you've seen the movie, of course. Um, but if you really want to help the show out, and if you want to get the episodes at least one week in advance, uh, check us out on Patreon. There are links everywhere, but it's just it's just patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Um, so you'll get you'll get the all the episodes in advance. You'll get exclusive episodes from my, uh, my other podcast, the Spoiler Cast, and uh, some exclusive videos are coming up later this month so please check us out there and support us on Patreon as well but uh, yeah until next week when we're going to watch Boy in Blue uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, have a good one
Bye. Bye, everyone. The Nicolas Cage Podcast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's produced, directed, and edited by Tobias Vidin. Hosted by Tobias Vidin and Christopher Billian after an original idea by Christopher Billian. Executive producer is Annika Vidin. And a big thank you to all our sponsors over at Patreon for keeping the show going. Laura Kinney, Rasmus Jonsson, Mom and Dad. If you also want to join our Patreon, you can at www.patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Help us keep the show going.